Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. That's right, it's more Movies Weekly, number 36. Chapter 36, The Quarter Deck. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Greg Pfizer. His name's David Roberts. This is the podcast where we like to talk about movies, cinema, all those sort of things. This week, we're kind of doing a bit of a mashup because we're covering a little bit of theatre here, Dave. We're going to be talking about the tragedy of Macbeth. So this is the brand new film from Joel Cohen. It's an Apple original film, also produced by A24, one of our favorite studios. This stars Denzel Washington. It stars uh, Francis McDormand. We've got Brendan Gleeson in there. We've got Ralph Innocent. We've got all sorts of uh, characters and actors and all sorts going on in this movie, which is obviously an adaptation of the famous The Scottish Play by Mr. William Shakespeare, Esquire. Most people have heard of him. Yeah, it's been done a lot of times over the years. Orson Welles' uh, famous version from the 40s. There was the Roman Polanski uh, film. Um, okay. There was a version with Patrick Stewart in 2010 uh, on British television, and they did a, mm. like a dramatised version. Um, mm. There's the famous kind of theatre performances which have been filmed, uh, Ian McCallum yeah. and Judi Dench in the uh, 1979 um, Jeremy Brett in 81, um, Anthony Cher in uh, 2001, which is Prince Charles's favourite uh, player of Macbeth. This one, um, Joel Cohen's done it on his own. So it's usually Joel and Ethan Cohen doing films together. Um, as we said in last week's podcast, Ethan Cohen has gone and directed some theatre somewhere, probably, you know, Broadway or something like that, you know. Excellent, excellent adaptation. Really brilliant. Um, most most striking in my mind was the uh, way it was shot. Uh, it's all in black and white, of course, as well. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think this is, looks like, you know, Fritz Lang or really Ingmar Bergman was a, was a big one, I thought, straight away, you know, um, The Seventh Seal and things like that. Uh, also, the aspect ratio, the four-free ratio, it's like, in a way, he was saying, let's make it as if it was made in the 1930s or something, you know? There was that aspect of it as well, because yeah. why not do it in a widescreen format otherwise? Um, very striking, very, very striking in that sense, and excellently put together. Um, it's very impressive how much you can do with so little. Yeah, it did, it did look very stylish, very interesting. You mentioned Seventh Seal. I think that's a really interesting um, kind of comparison. I can see what you mean. It was very, very high contrast. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it definitely relates to something like that. Uh, it's interesting, really, because when I saw the trailer, I very much thought this looks like filmed theatre. Yes. Yeah. the first impression I got. Yeah. But actually watching it, I then thought, actually, it's not. It's more that it's done all on backlots and sets. Mm. Uh, so it harks more back, as you say, to uh, classic Hollywood, uh, 1950s, 1940s, kind of Ethan's a set. Mm. Um, and definitely hints of German Expressionism. Well, that's what I meant about like, Fritz uh, Lang, you know, like something meant Metropolis. Metropolis. Or, or, or that film Spionen. I mean, that's it. It looked like probably I was thinking as well of M, um, Fritz Lang, yeah. um, something like The Passion of Joan of Arc, Carl Dreyer. Um, 
I think it's the thing with the extreme close-ups and the expressionistic kind of uh, look. Mm. I think yeah. that's where where it gets it from. Sure. Uh, because it, and and it makes sense because it's uh, it's a lot of uh, monologues. It's a lot of um, single person talking. You know, expressing yeah. their feeling. So it's got to focus on the one person. Uh, you know, we see a bit of that in the film with this kind of spotlight look, which that's what you'd use on stage, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so in the in the context of doing it, it's the perfect visual language um, to tie it together, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So we've got Denzel Washington in the lead role. He's always great. There was no doubt he was going to be great in this. Um, but... Um, it's some of the other actors, I think, that kind of stole the show in the way. I'm thinking particularly the woman who played the witches, Catherine Hunter. Her performance, for me, was the standout performance. Because usually you have three people because there's three witches. But the way they've chose to do this is have her represent all three. Um, very bold choice. Why would you need anyone else? She was going to act them off the off the screen anyway because she's so good at it. And they kind of liken um, the character to like uh, crows or ravens or whatever. And she's got this kind of contorted way of moving her body that is very, you know, representative of that kind of, that COVID kind of movements, like the wings and everything. And Absolutely. And you had that amazing, that amazing shot, which is my favourite shot of the film with the puddle and the reflections down to create the three uh, witches and that. I thought that was just stunning. And she she was she was fantastic. The best performance of the film, Catherine Hunter, uh, mainly a theatre actor, reading up a virtuoso physical performer. They they call her because she that's her thing is doing all these physical things. It felt very much like to me like Gollum or something. Uh, Gollum, the, I was going to say that because of the voice more than anything. She had that kind of yeah. Okay, okay. What should say, my precious, my love? That shall be king. Hereafter, the one thing that didn't this film didn't have because it had the look and the atmosphere and the performances were great and the production fantastic. I did sit there thinking it's just a little bit hollow. Um, it didn't quite have the weight I expected it to have. Um, I, I don't think it was as vicious or violent as uh, the story really required it to be. And maybe that was just a little bit missing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's supposed to be schemers and plotters and, and it wasn't, I don't think it quite was there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the bit. problem I had there, it was this, there was, there, there was, there was zero sort of chemistry between McDormand and Washington yeah. That, yeah. that should be there. They were, they're a tight couple. They're really, like you said, schemers and they're kind of, um, you know, in the thick of it together. I, d- I didn't quite come across quite right. I think I didn't blame Denzel though. I think he was good in it. I thought he was, he, he played it well being led along the garden path a little bit and, and, and falling into that madness. I'm just not sure whether she did, um, but it's just personal opinion. Um, and overall, they, it's a great, great adaptation. Um, it is. So there's very little to to complain about or to criticize really. These are nitpicking uh, things. I'd certainly if I had a you know classroom full of kids to, that you had to uh, teach this to as we were taught it, this would be my first go-to. It'd be like, right, let's watch the uh, yeah. the modern adaptation of it and start picking it apart from there on in. 
Um, again, I think it's, as I'll, I'll say again, I think the strongest suit was the look of it all, the um, cinematography, Absolutely. the Maison scene. That battle that it has at the end um, with Macduff was, was really well filmed. And I think he's also proved that he doesn't really need his brother to, <laughs> to make a good film. So it begs the question, what's in the future for the Cohen brothers, or are we just going to see uh, Joel Cohen go off on his own? Will Ethan Cohen decide, you know, oh, I'll, I'll make a film on my own now? And, um, and you Would know, they'll, they'll, make it, they'll be making films individually from now on, or will they get back together and... I mean, I don't think there's any, been any split between them. Of course, they're brothers. They're always going to be. No. And like I said, they've been making films for 40 years. So, you know, can't blame them for wanting to go off and um, <laughs> try new things without one another. I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really great film. It is the one I'd recommend people to watch, um, watch with Beth. I mean, the other one I think is really great is the old Ian McKellen and Judy Dench. I think their performance in, in the recorded play version is fantastic as well but this is a really great introduction to it um i definitely recommend it to people the look as you say is the big thing about it the look the atmosphere the the whole production element of it is what really stands out and it's a it's a great film for that so there we go that's our take on the tragedy of macbeth directed by joel cohen have you seen this movie what did you think of it did you like denzel washington's performance did you think that francis mcdormand was great casting let us know in the comments it'd be great to hear from you that's it Okay, time for some movie news, Greg. Um, Alrighty. The first story coming out this week. Uh, how about filming in space? Filming in space. Wow. Has it ever been done before? I think they've done bits and pieces. Like, um, I mean, obviously NASA film in space all the time. Yes. People up on the <laughs> ISS yeah. and stuff like that. They're always filming, but. Um, I know uh, as well, Apollo 13, they kind of did that thing where they, you know, you get right on the edge of the atmosphere and then do a sort of dive just so they could create that weightless um, effect, you know, where they're all floating yeah. about, Kevin Bacon. Ooh. <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think bits and pieces have been done, but uh, basically this new company called Space Entertainment Enterprise mm -hmm. Um is planning to build a production studio in space. Wow. Um, and they're going to be producing a Tom Cruise uh, movie, <laughs> apparently. Why which... am I not surprised that Tom exactly. Cruise is, is first on the list to film a movie in space? <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, okay? Just put your manners back in. Uh, it's part of a massive enterprise. They want to build a sports arena in space and all this crazy stuff. It does sound a bit wacky. It sounds like something from Futurama. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've got all these <clears throat> ideas and plans, and they reckon they'll have a, a filming facility running by December 2024. Mad. It doesn't sound that far away. For I mean, it's so going to have a great use for... Uh, film in space projects you know if you've got these films like you know gravity or apollo 13 or whatever it is yeah sci-fi stuff and you you want to create certain like weightless effects and stuff that'd be really cool for that but zero practical use anywhere else you know i mean no. if, you need, if you need gravity you got to stay here on the planet and i do hope you understand the, the gravity of that request um i'm not surprised tom cruise is attached to it because he's just crazy enough to try anything like that he seems hell-bent on on doing himself in one way or another through through the films he makes um, how did tom cruise die in space 
No! You will not take my soul. No! You will not win this game. <laughs> How did Tom Cruise die? Making a movie. I'll put money on it. No matter whether it's here on planet Earth, on terra firma, or up there in the stratosphere. God knows. Then again, maybe he survived. You know, he's one of those guys that the space studio exploded and Tom fell to Earth without a parachute and somehow survived. I wouldn't be surprised at that either. He's, he's got something, um, you know, he's, he's got the look of the gods on his side. But um, I think it's a bit of a strange idea. All of this sort of space exploration, SpaceX going, trying to go to Mars, all this stuff, you know, building stuff on the moon. It's, it's all well and good, but there's so many problems down here on the planet. You sometimes think, you know, can't you just pump a little bit of money into cleaning up the oceans, cleaning up the atmosphere a bit, clean the planet up, and then we'll all go and explore space and do all this crazy stuff. Um, you know, maybe that's a naive uh, perspective, but that's, that's the first thing I always think when I hear news like this. It is. It, it is. I think it's exactly what we all feel. It's like, you know, sort the shit out at home before you go off into, into space. And it does feel like a bit of a throwback to kind of the ideas and um, aspirations of the 50s and 60s, doesn't it? You know, Well, but, we still um, haven't got flying cars, so, you know, no. come on, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some other things to do first. but It's like if Elon yeah. Musk turned around and said, okay, guys, we've made the first flying car, I'd be like, whoa, you've got my attention. Here we go. Let's have a look <laughs> yeah. at this. You know, um, doing a bit of a Howard Stark. in space i tell you one good uh, side effect from it all it'll shut the flat earthers up a bit because if everybody starts doing this like branson thing where they're doing like you know trips to space like anyone can go to space now on a space holiday and you get to visit you know universal studios space in space and people are going to be able to see that uh, that flat earth thing is a load of bullshit I'd love so, them to do that. That's the one thing I'd love them to spend the money on. Get all the flat earthers, the major ones, whack them on one of these spaceships and send them up and go, there you go, see? <laughs> That'll be worth the money. But, just, um, just get them all on a spaceship and send them up. <laughs> just keep going. Back. Keep going. <laughs> In other news, uh, Ardman Animations, of course, uh, a British institution. Okay. Um They've obviously been working with Netflix over the last few years, and they did uh, Robin. Robin was uh, a big hit for them mm. over Christmas. Um, so they've announced uh, another film with Netflix, which is going to be a sequel to Chicken Run. Oh, yeah, Chicken Run. I remember that. Absolute classic. Uh, I loved Chicken Run growing up. Uh, a great <laughs> film. Um, it's going to be Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. So... <laughs> That's a great title. Yeah, what the film's going to be about is like... Uh, uh, it sounds like chickens <laughs> av avoiding getting turned into nuggets. That's it. Um, I know, yeah, uh, wasn't, so, wasn't Mel Gibson one of the voices in the first one? Um, yes, he was, and he's been recast. He's in it as, again as well, is he? No, no, he's been recast. Uh, oh, he's been replaced. recast. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, they couldn't afford Mel, or he wasn't interested, one or the other. Or they didn't want him for controversial reasons, <laughs> maybe. maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's been replaced, and uh, Jane Horrocks is going to be one of the voices. 
okay. Imelda Staunton and Lynn Ferguson. Good. Uh, with Ramesh Ranganathan, uh, yeah. David Bradley. Uh, Nick a lot Mahan. of Brits. Yeah, Brits, a very yeah. British kind of uh, look to it, as you'd expect from Hardman, I think. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing with Chicken Run, wasn't it? He turned up and he was like this sort of American hero rooster, wasn't he? He was like, hey. Yeah. And they were all like, ooh, we've got, uh, got something a bit uh, exotic here. Got an American rooster. Remember Foghorn, Leghorn? Boy, boy, I say boy. <laughs> hey, what's the big idea? Don't stand there gawking, son. Speak up. But yeah, I always love Chicken Run, so I'd, I'd be up for seeing a, a new one. And uh, you Why know, not? I love Hardman films. And they, they are they're good. They're always great, aren't they? So. I still love those creature comforts things they did as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, those little shorts. Yeah. I mean, the amount of time it takes. Stop motion animators, just incredible, because they have so much patience. Oh. And it, it takes it takes twice as long to make those sort of films as it does to make uh, a normal film, you know. Um, it's very interesting stuff. I really like stop motion um, stuff, and and Ardman probably the most successful, certainly in the UK, possibly internationally, at doing that sort of thing. I mean, everybody knows Wallace and Gromit, don't they? Well done, we did it. That's it. More yes. cheese, Gromit. Wensleydale. And to finish us off, um, we, of course, covered Dune um, back at the end of last year here on the podcast, and we both really enjoyed the film, fantastic. Mm. And, of course, it was left at the ending. We know there was going to be a sequel, and it was announced shortly after there was going to be a sequel. Well, pre-production on that sequel, Dune 2, is well underway. Um, there's been a tweet made by uh, Villeneuve um, basically saying they've finished the screenplay, um, and they're just about to start the storyboards. Um, so pre-production is well in it, into the phase, really, um, yeah. into the next piece. So very exciting. Um, it'll probably still be a few years before we, we see it, but uh, yeah. uh, exciting, it's happening. Yeah, I'd say probably 2024 at the earliest. Probably, yeah. I am excited that they're uh, you know in pre-production for part two. They've, they've got to complete this. has got to be a trilogy of films, you know, to, to get through all of it in the story. And I think it will be great. But, you know, I'm kind of like a positive on it all anyway. I, I, I'm still a fan of the Lynch version, even though half people hate it, <laughs> including David Lynch himself. But I think it's a lot of fun. So, you know, it'd be great to see what they do with the next installment. And as usual, that leaves us just enough time to tell you about what we've been up to on our YouTube channel and our website this week. So let's start off by telling you we did a reaction to the new film from Robert Eggers, The Northman, which is coming soon, I think maybe released later this year. Um, it stars uh, Alexander Skarsgård, um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, it's got Björk in it. It's got quite a few notable faces. Ethan Hawke's in there as well. So we did a reaction to that trailer. You can check it out here on the channel. We've put a link for you in the description below. Um, if you want to listen to us on the move or just in audio uh, format only, um, you can check us out across all that kind of podcast networks, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those regular normal ones. Uh, we've got a link down in the description below where you can find out all the links uh, for checking those kind of things out. We also have a Discord server if you want to catch up with us there and come and have a conversation over on Discord. Um, 
were also there. So again, I'll link in the description below. There we go, Dave. I think that's it for this week. Number 36 wrapped up, put into a bow, sent off out into the internet. Thank you very much for watching keeping up with us leave us a comment let us know what you thought of the show we'll be back next week talking about some more stuff until then all we can say is take care of yourselves keep watching more movies well that's it for this video please leave us a comment and let us know what you thought and don't forget to like share and subscribe right here on youtube to check out more of our articles and reviews check out our website moremovies.co.uk and why not join us on social media that's uh, at more movies for you across the board you know the score and if you'd like to support us, consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can become a More Movies patron over on patreon.com. All the links are in the description below. And to check out more of our filmtastic videos, click one of the buttons on screen now.